Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book artist, writer and beautifully bright personality, Gustavo Vargas, about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, I just wanted to let you know that Gustavo and myself will be at True Believers Comics Festival in Cheltenham on Saturday the 1st of February. So if you are available, be sure to buy your tickets via their website, oktruebelievers.com. Now without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Gustavo Vargas. How you doing? Hi, hi. I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, apart from a few few technical issues um, that we had <laughs> had before coming on, it's all yeah. good. It's always stressful when there's kind of you know technological problems because you kind of you worry about the recording and things like that. But I think we're all sweet now, um, so uh, it's it's all good in the hood. Um, now, uh, firstly, thank you so much for coming on Comics for the Apocalypse. It's a real pleasure. Ah, thank you for the interest. I'm really happy to participate on this one. Oh, very much so. Um, and uh, for for those uh, that haven't come across you before, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, well, uh, I I basically I I'm a, mainly <laughs> it's a bit funny. Mainly I, I I draw comics, but I am also an author, so I make Peruvian cyberpunk comics. Uh, most of my work most of my work is is I'm the writer and the artist, but I also do some artist work for other indie publishers as well um and uh just recently um just before christmas uh your your uh comic manu was announced to be uh the number one indie and small press comic of the year from uh, yeah. comics so yeah. massive congratulations with that that was absolutely <laughs> epic you ended up with 59 percent of the votes yeah thank you so much that it was it was really it was uh, until now. I said, uh, right now I, I can stop smiling that big. <laughs> it's, it, it was it was just too much. It was it's what not, it wasn't a surprise. And I mean in the way that when you voted, you could see what was the percentage. So every time you could refresh, you could see the percentage. So it, it, I'm still overwhelmed and surprised. But especially the last days, I was thinking, ah, I think. Ooh, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, but I, I'm massively happy, really grateful. I think the community here is amazing, and I feel so honored to be just to be considered among these creators that I think are amazing, and to be number one chosen, number one, which is it's a bit of a luck game, but still, it feels really good because it's it's kind of a sign, like saying. You know what? You you you're going somewhere. Keep on going. You're you're doing things, and people are kind of noticing you, and just keep up, right? That's really nice. Oh, absolutely, man! And it's well it's well deserved. And just to just for the listeners to get a flavour of Manu, um, that haven't come across it before, um, it is best described as as a so, so, cyberpunk in Peru. Basically, yes. As, yeah, as, yeah. As, yeah. So you, you you explain it better than I can. So you go ahead. <laughs> I'm really bad at explaining my things. That's why usually I put on the back. I put like a, like a mini, a couple of lines, which is a comic about monkeys, jaguars, cyborgs, and a mystery. So, but the, most of the time I say it's Peruvian cyberpunk, and then I. I don't know how to follow that. And people say, okay, fair enough. That's really good. <laughs> it's a great pitch, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's a description, but it works nice as a pitch. So it's good. Oh, absolutely. And, and where, where can people uh, find out more about it? Uh, well, I, I go to some yourself, comic yeah. festivals. Yeah, but usually you can find me on, well, on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter, you can find me at Gustavo Vargas, which is G-U-S-T-A-F-F-O-V-A-R-G-A-S. Sorry for the spelling, but <laughs> and Instagram is almost the same, Gustavo with double F, Vargas, Tata, J, and Facebook, almost the same, Gustavo Vargas, which is it's mainly my name. 
yeah exactly and uh and folks can find those links in the show notes so you can click straight through there and and follow gustavo on uh on you know all the usual suspects twitter instagram facebook um and uh also um in terms of comic cons um you'll be at true believers as well yes 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 i'll be at true believers i i uh i thought i wasn't going to be able to but last minute i I was able to, and luckily, I, I, I was able to find a table just by the end of December, basically. So it's oh. it's going to happen. Uh, I'm really excited because I was pretty sure I was going to miss True Believers, and I really enjoyed last, which was the, actually, that was the show that we met, right? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were um, tabled right next to each other, yeah, and, yeah. and that's how I became aware of you, so it's amazing how yeah. it works out. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's our anniversary. <laughs> that's, that's, that's nice. Yeah, totally, man. Um, so, yeah, I hope, fingers crossed we're tabled uh, right next to each other again. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll be dropping by um, your, your your table regardless. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, for, for, for those that don't know about True Believers, uh, it's a comic festival in Cheltenham and it's on Saturday the 1st of February. So if you head on over to OKTrueBelievers.com, uh, then you can find out more details there and buy your tickets um, before before you arrive at a cheaper rate than on the, do- on the door. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it would just be great to see you, man. Yeah, 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 no, and and, and it, it was my first time in True Believers last year, and, and I, I love that show. It was really, really nice, and uh, and every year, you know, more artists, more more writers, and more people involved in this. So it's definitely going to be as you as well, but other people that I really will will enjoy to see again and say, "Hey, how are you?" and all that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, now, uh, all of that aside, unfortunately, I do have some bad news for you. Um, and that is that there's been a zombie outbreak. Um, <laughs> and I, I believe you, you live in the in the region of the Midlands. Yes. Um, kind of around there. So uh, I'm, I'm going to plant the zombie outbreak in, in Loughborough to kind uh-huh. of give you, give you a fighting chance. <laughs> um, and... Uh, my my first question for you is what is your action plan for survival? Uh well I will start pushing people maybe and hide as soon as I can. <laughs> A little will be the first one, right? No no not not the right thing, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> at least I will be first. <laughs> Unless there's some people that are faster than me. <laughs> Doggy dog mate. Be, yeah, I would be just creepily scared gelling but running as fast as i could oh absolutely um and uh, obviously you're going to be uh, trying to find your your wife as well um and uh, when you do find your wife well, well what's kind of going to be your plan um are you heading out into the countryside or are you, are you hunkering down in kind of a supermarket or something or yeah definitely some i don't know some cans some boxes stuff some water maybe a, a couple of good rucksacks because usually we we travel well she she's a trekking guy so we have pretty good rucksacks to take nice. and basically going into i don't know any kind of goods that we can and i don't know anything a bit high that we could find at least uh, aware from the cities i think it's easier to get killed in the cities Oh yeah, definitely. So head head out into uh, into the sticks and and find a nice little farmhouse uh, yeah. to take over or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that sounds <laughs> that sounds kind of nice, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> even even with the situation involved. Yeah, exactly. Um, Airbnb zombie. Um, yeah, is, is what you could find. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, hey, but yeah, but it's funny because it's, it's a zombie apocalypse. Let's make bread, yeah, and something like that. Let's make the most of it. You know, yeah. now that you know you're, you're you're you don't have to work or anything like that, then you know you, you've got time to make bread and and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drawing is completely overrated in those situations of what you're sure, going man. to do for yeah. Just chill out. Um, now, yeah. uh, whilst whilst uh, you and your wife are making some bread, uh, the the subject of comics comes up, um, uh-huh. and and she asks you, uh, what was the first comic you remember enjoying? Ooh, uh, 
the first one I remember enjoying, I, uh, it's Spider-Man. Uh, there was a small issue of Spider-Man I got when I was like maybe eight years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the one theme, uh, the night that when Stacy died. Right. And it was even, it wasn't even color. I don't know. They, they made this small right. version sometimes and it was, uh, white and brown, sepia, not even black and white. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it was a really small A5 size. But the thing is, it, it was a lot of, it, it was really entertaining. But I don't know if you know that issue, but you, uh, since the beginning, Stan Lee starts building up like, this is a, I don't know, this is a thing and this is co- it's going to happen tonight, something that you will never forget. And I will tell you the, the name, the title of this issue by the end, because it's so overwhelming, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? And towards the end, that's when, when Stacy dies and he says even, and now I can reveal the title. This is the night that when Stacy died, that really, really stood with me along. I, I even have that issue. I still have it. It's, oh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks like crap, but, but I still oh, have it. You know? Yeah, yeah, but I'm really happy I have it. Yeah, but it was, a, it was a really good, I used to read other things, but I think that's the main one I remember when I was a kid. That's fantastic. And that, that was translated into Spanish, was it? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I, that assume, was a, yeah. I think it was a Mexican version. Okay, wow. That's amazing. Um, and so at this at this time you're eight years old, um, and are you are you drawing lots or are you just reading comics at this point? Uh, I basically uh, like all kids. I started drawing since I don't know since you don't remember, but I never stopped. So I I I never stopped drawing. I was the one in school that was not paying attention to the classes and would be scribbling on his notebook anything and or characters and, 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 the te- and the teacher telling you to to stop uh, yeah. stop drawing and you know stop trying to you know uh trying to perfect your craft <laughs> yeah you could, you could never become an artist of course no 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 yeah 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 no that, that's <laughs> yeah that's that's true that's true they, they even once they broke a couple of my drawings in front of the class to show that what? i shouldn't draw which was not that much encouraging. As <laughs> Brutal. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, I try not to take it as bad because it's like many times, you know, parents make mistakes and teachers make mistakes based on what they think. So they were mm-hmm. thinking and trying to get you away from, I don't know, misery and hunger of drawing instead of you're going to be, I don't know, something else. So, but didn't work, right? Nah, not at all, man. You persevered, um, and, yeah, and you are where you are now. Um, now, when when did you think that you know you could you could actually make a career out of this? What do you mean? In terms of uh, drawing um, and becoming an artist uh, and, and a comic creator at large. Uh, well, the, the the drawing part never uh, that never stopped, but there was really. There was, there was never really another choice. I mean, I knew it was going to be all, always it was something related to drawing arts or something creative. Great. So uh, I studied in the, uh, the moment I tried to, to, to pursue something, I, I always went to graphic arts or uh, fine arts. Uh, it, was, it was always that direction. There was the only thing is, am I going to be like a graphic designer or somebody that works in something more like business like or, or somebody that is going to make something a bit different? That was more like, like the thing, but it was absolutely always arts cool man that's awesome that you had kind of that that focus um and uh and persistence to to pursue it yeah yeah no i was and the thing is i was lucky my dad used to be an artist and he was a a creative director and a advertising company by those times and me and my brothers we, we used to draw absolutely all the time and we're really encouraged to pursue anything we would like so uh, there was uh, in my house, there was never anything like, hey, stop drawing, try to do something more serious. No, no, it was like, okay, you want to draw? Practice more, right? And keep on going. It's, it was just like that. So I, I was really lucky on that on that stage, for sure. Oh, that's great, man. Nice. Uh, now, uh, the, the, the conversation with your wife moves on to the next question. Uh, and, <laughs> and that is, what's the funniest or the comic that made you laugh out loud the most? 
Ah, that's uh, it's a bit just a bit later of the Wednesday situation because that was quite dramatic. Uh, there's a Argentinian comic, actually strip comics called Mafalda, which is a small. She's a small girl and she has small friends. It's kind of it's a bit like Peanuts influence from Charles Charles. Yes, yeah. yeah. When, and, when when I was looking at it, I kind of uh-huh. thought, yeah, this is ba- basically like an Argentinian Charlie Brown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a bit. But the thing is, uh, most of the stories are not so... It's a bit more basic in the way that it's just jokes about kids, or many times they was in the 70s. So uh, there's a lot of politic jokes. I remember that I would read it, and solid 50, 60%, 50%, 40% of my father, I couldn't understand when I was a kid. And little by little, as I was growing up, it was like, oh my God, this is okay. Now I get it. It's sarcastic, <laughs> it's this, it's this other political figure, da, 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 da. But it was, it, it's, it's, but it works both ways. It, for kids, it still works really well. And when you start growing up, you understand a bit more like, like the, uh, more grown up jokes, basically. Yeah, man. And that's, I guess, that's what gives something real kind of staying power is yeah. the the fact that, you know, a, a kid can read it and just read the jokes and appreciate the jokes um, do, just to get like a, a basic laugh out of it. But then when you grow up and you go back to it and you realize there was more to this than just a cheap yeah. joke, you know, yeah, um, yeah. that's amazing. It, yeah, it's a really masterful Work. It's. I think it's one of the biggest uh, comics in in South America in general. Um, a lot of people know Mafalda. You you can find yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, now, next question that comes up is that we're gonna gonna change gears a little bit, and uh, the question is, what's the saddest or most upsetting comic that you've read? Uh, I, I it actually took me a while to think about it, uh, but. I, I think last year I, or two years ago, tops, I read uh, one comic called Epileptic from, uh, I think it's a French artist, David B. Yeah. Uh, and it basically tells the story. It, it's a quite autobiographical story about this artist that is talking about his brother, older brother. And start, in the beginning, it starts with uh, he meets him in the bathroom and he forgot for a second how he looked like and he looked like almost like a monster like a or like a madman from the street really uh, and little by little he starts developing and tells the whole story how uh, his his brother was didn't have the, didn't show any signs until he started having the attacks and little by little they went really stronger and stronger and how it affected the whole family and little by little this, uh, I don't know if it's a disease or, or a condition, but basically took over him. So uh, you have now not really his brother, but uh, this condition that controls his brother. And it was a really sad story because it looked like, uh, like a person trap on this situation and he has no control about it. And it, it, uh, it doesn't only, uh, incurs from the situation of him being affected physically but also psychologically he's little by little he's going backwards and backwards and it's a bit more like like a kid like a teenager in a way so it was really really sad a really sad story and because it was a, an actual true story yeah as well as obviously autobiographical <laughs> always yeah. find it difficult to, to wrap my uh, mouth around that <laughs> word um but uh yeah it's I, I i believe it was an epilepsy that his brother um had um and so uh yeah um it must be really really tough um to kind of deal with that and it and it, it really kind of focuses on on him dealing with it doesn't it Oh, sorry, Gustavo. Can you hear me now? Sorry. Yes, yes, I can hear you now. There you go. Perfect. Oh, good. Oh, good. All good. Um, so I was just, uh, I was just saying that uh, I, I believe that it was, it was epilepsy that the brother um, gets. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, it really kind of focuses on um, on him having to kind of deal with that. And uh, yeah, no, that must be incredibly difficult. 
yeah, 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 it must be really, really hard. It's like, I, I can't imagine how, I don't know, it's, it's a thing that affects a whole family, a whole, it's not only the one that has the, the issue, but everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it has kind of ripple effects. Um, and not to, you know, put on pressure for, for any, anybody that kind of, you know, has to deal with that, like, personally, um, in terms of actually the one getting the epilepsy, because obviously they're in the most difficult position, <laughs> the one with the yeah. with the the con- condition. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously that has ripple effects, and um, I think perhaps this uh, this graphic novel would probably um, help those in a, in a similar position, and hopefully um, overcome any obstacles before they arise. Yeah, yeah, and, and and understand the thing because many times when you have people having this this kind of uh, problems, they're not so common. So people, many times the approach to people is, oh, they should do this or should do that. Uh, even made me think, maybe it affected even affected me a bit more because I had a, my next door neighbor when I was uh, younger used to have a, a, epilepsy until he died when he was. 50 not not nearly his 60s or something like that and and it was really and and now i understand him a bit more because you're you're a kid he was like 20 25 years older than me and he would always play jokes on us and behave a a bit like a teenager in a way and sometimes he wouldn't know because he was a lot bigger than us and a lot older don't sometimes he didn't know when to stop so you had I even used to have some kind of, never like a bad five, but he was a bit like, or a nice friend or a bully for some moments. And when I read this, I understand a lot more. And it was like, wow, that was, that was definitely really, really hard. Not, 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 an, not an easy thing to, to understand for sure. No, definitely. Especially when you're a kid, um, something that's kind of, you know, seemingly scary um, a little bit. Um, but uh, no, yeah, that's uh, that's amazing that it kind of came full circle <laughs> for you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was was really, <laughs> really strange, but really interesting. Incredible, um, cool. So the the next question uh, that crops up in your your bread making conversation uh, is: what's the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? Ooh, that's a new one, actually. Uh, that's a uh, Randy Fraser and Ian. Uh, What's his name? Uh, House of Sweets. Yes. The the they just get started. I got it on Thought Bubble this this November, and it's right. it's an amazing book. It you you read it, you don't understand it well, but you feel so uncomfortable while you're reading it, and towards the end you feel like maybe I should I don't know put the lights on and and just be aware. It leaves you really. In a, in a really uncomfortable situation, which is, I think, cheers to that because it was it's amazingly done. I don't know, I don't know how you managed to to create something as as powerful and as it's like darkness starts creeping out in, uh, towards you little by little. It's 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 an amazing piece of work for me. Oh, definitely. Um, and just to kind of have the listeners get a, get an idea of the story, uh, what's the what's the initial premise of House of Sweets? Uh, there's this uh, little by little you discover these two brothers that go to 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 a small house in the in the forest, and and they kind of start kind of recollecting some thoughts and some um, remembrances of their childhood mixed with what's happening in that moment. But in some moment, you it's this kind of story that you don't know if uh, things are happening or things are fantasy or uh, you never know what's real and what's not real for moments. And there, there's this shifting all the time. And I think that's one of the masterful ways of the narration about this thing. You, you never know exactly what's happening. You know what's real and what's not. Uh, that That's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, to kind of walk that fine line of trying to, you know, have the reader second guess whether, okay, is this real or not real? Um, yeah. And, yeah, there being kind of actual consequences to, to all of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, it was, it was, it was quite a read, really quite a read. And in general, I love Fraser's. I, I first read uh, Alexandra Matic before that, and it was took me a while to get it because it was really the same. Was really confusing in that way. He likes to play with that, and he, he does it in a in a way that it's it's amazing. It's fantastic. 
definitely that's awesome um and a, and a fellow indie uh creator fraser campbell as well so it's uh it's it's great to get that out there yeah 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 no for sure for sure absolutely um now come on to one of my uh my favorite questions um and that is <laughs> what is your favorite cover ah uh, uh, <laughs> it's not like i have a, like the one favorite cover but mm. if i want to speak of one that it's at least right now i can think of is the last issue of hellboy in hell from mike mignola mm-hmm in general, I love my Mignolais. He's my, my, basically my gut artist. I really admire his, his whole, uh, work very much. And, but the thing with this particular issue and cover is, uh, when I was growing up in, well, all the time I've lived in Peru, things have changed a bit more, but I could never follow any kind of comics so for example you could find if you were lucky you could find this issue issue i don't know 120 and issue 220 of spider-man but you couldn't follow oh i read issue 120 in next month next 15 days or next two months i will read issue the following issue that couldn't happen so this one in particular was the first time i was following the issues and i was able to finish one whole block of, of, of issues one after another of, of uh, Hellboy in Hell because I was already living here. Right. So it was like, wow, this is how it feels. When, <laughs> this is how it actually realize, works. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they were talking about. So <laughs> that was, I was really, really happy with that. I went just, I went on my break. I was working on a, on a, on a small uh, design company. I just went on my break and went back with my comic in hand. And when I uh, went back home in the evening, I was reading uh, the last issue. So it was, it was quite, quite a, I don't know. It felt really good. Oh, that's awesome, man! Um, and just to give the listeners a flavour of what the what the cover actually has on it, um, can you can you explain that to us? Uh, the cover, you mean? Yes. Uh, it's it's basically what you know. Is it's the thing is the story of Hellboy. One of the main things they were he was created to take over. Uh, hell and bring hell to to bring basically the, the final apocalypse to 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 the earth the end of the end of everything the end of time and you see Hellboy in full uh, in full power because he always uh, takes off his uh, horns so he doesn't so he doesn't lose control because he's too powerful to do that so you can see him. Uh, with the horns really huge, big like a mountain, but at the same time he has the raincoat that he usually uses. So you're kind of wondering, is he the monster? Is he the f- nicely weird Hellboy we know? What's happening here? But it looks like like a, and he's looking basically frontal at you. So it's an issue that is basically looking at you and saying this is over. And actually, Maggie Mignola finish his story there and i really respect also a lot when somebody says okay i wanted to say the story to tell a story and i finish it I, it's not like i will keep on following and following more stories just because it's giving me money mm-hmm. I, I feel like i have to finish the story so for me that was really that was a, an amazing a, a really amazing thing on storytelling when you know when to stop and when to say you know what i won't keep on doing this like Calvin and Hobbes, for example, he decided I finished this and I won't do this anymore because I could do it, but I don't see why I should. So he stopped. So that that was that was really inspiring and basically bringing a lot of respect about this this work. Absolutely, and kind of actually having a contained story um, and not just kind of milking it for for all it's worth. um which which can be commonplace um but uh yeah so um hellboy is obviously standing over this village um and uh kind of being very intimidating uh looking as though he's just about to destroy it because you know for the most part it's it's black and white but his his uh right large hand is is in color full red and flaming and things um, and, and in true Mike, Mike Mignola style, um, just kind of the the big areas of black. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah exactly. um and exactly. but it's just used so well and one of the one of the best parts of it that i'm looking at right now um is his tail mm-hmm. like that's really well done so uh what what mike's done there is that he's he's basically got a valley where the village is at the bottom um mm-hmm. and, and and the mountains on the side of it, it's just black but you've got Hellboy kind of, you know, walking towards this village by the looks of it. But what he's done is that he's used grey to put the tail into the mountain. And mm-hmm. like, al- although there's there's kind of some dust that covers up the connection between the tail and Hellboy, but you know that it's his tail, even though it's, yeah. just, it's, it's just kind of like a, it's a real kind of, it looks like it's a real quick tick, you know, of grey, yes. isn't it? But you can you yeah. know that it's his tail. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Little by little, my Nolas worries is about giving more power with less throwing in a way. So the more yeah. he's getting more and more and more simpler, but it's it's a lot more powerful and story wise, it, it just flows tremendously. And he has really I don't know the impact you have on a cover because you have a basically. You have basic colors, just some basically some grays, the reds, and a lot of black. And it's really, I don't know, it's really, really basic. You have, you see almost like squares and triangles if, if you don't concentrate on the shapes. But even though it's, 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 it's pretty basic and that's what makes it really, I don't know, like the visuals are really uh, create an impact that comes to yes. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, impactful would be the the way to describe yeah. that cover. Now that's really cool. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's 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 a great one, and it's great to have that personal connection to it um, with all of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually I was lucky the first time I went to Thought Bubble. That was 2016. He was invited to, uh, and the thing is, I. You had the dream, oh, it would be really nice to talk to him at least a couple, I don't know, like one minute conversation or something like that. But there was so many other artists I wanted to see and so many things because Thought Bubble is one, this amazing show. So I said, I, I won't get in line for like an hour, two hours to, to I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to do that. The thing is, in some moment, I went to the bathroom, I went out, and he was just there, like five wow. meters from, from me, just standing next to the bathroom. He was waiting for his wife. And I just went to him and <laughs> started talking to <laughs> him. Right yeah, because it's, it's like, <laughs> what, of, what's, what's, what are the chances this is going to happen to you? So I just, yeah, yeah basically went fanboy all the way. And But I, while I was telling him, basically, I love you. Like, your work is amazing. It means a lot to me. And, and it's, I don't know, you created this massive amount of war with Hellboy and all the BPRD. And, but while I was telling him, I was trying to think, Okay, that's cool, but please try to think of something not just fanboy thing, something smart, make him a question. Don't just tell him you love him. And I was able to, to ask him something. And so we have like kind of like a two-minute, three-minute conversation and say, thank you very much. And his wife was out just waiting for us. Okay, bye-bye. And he, but he was really, really nice, really nice guy. Oh, that's awesome, man. It's, it's great when somebody kind of stands up to... to that's in that kind of position where you know they are a very well-known creator um and you know they're just you know just as normal as anybody else is you know it's good yeah yeah that's that's i think that's one of the things that uh i really noticed very very fast when i started going to to conventions here there in some moment you think they're just i don't know they will be like, I'm sorry, I'm too, I'm too busy and too important to talk to you, right? Move along and buy something, then talk to me. I was expecting something like that from many artists. And they were just basically people. And most of them really nice people. So it was, hi, hey, you're right. Hey, take a look. How are you? And they were like, what? That, that, that was all, I don't know. That was a really welcoming thing since I started going to, to convention. That's, that's really, that's something that I really appreciate a lot. People, uh, artists are people, and most of them are nice people. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Uh, now, uh, the next question that comes up is, uh-huh. uh, what is the most meaningful comic to you? Um, I think... 
Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard her. It's uh, the same, but I was getting older. Uh, my, my, like I told you in my family, especially my dad, and every time he could have any opportunity to get a comic or to low, to, to get a loan from some friends, uh, that would get comics and that he would bring it to, to the house and show it to me. Hey, look at this. Looks really interesting. Uh, you can learn something, read it. You have three days and I will have to give it back, something like that. And it was an Argentinian comic called Marco Mono which blew my mind. It was really different from what I was seeing at the moment because it was mostly superheroes or some uh, more cartoony things. Uh, I didn't understand the comic. I was, I think, 10 or 11. Hmm. Uh, it was, uh, it, it, I don't know. I was wondering what's happening there. I read it. I understand. I understood the whole bit, but I didn't understand the meaning. And there was a lot of sarcasm and and kind of politic jokes and uh, I just didn't get it but I don't know always kept uh, with this curiosity what's this story about what's this thing about and the main character is well Marco Mono is uh, Marco Monkey but they're playing a bit with with the name Marco Polo so right. it sounds like Marco Mono Marco and but he's basically uh uh, what do you call this? Uh, give me a second. How do you call this animal that is not actually a monkey, but a mand- mandrill? Okay, the same Spanish, mandrill. Right. But it's basically a mandrill. And he just goes with his motorcycle, going to different places, kind of desertic and small cities in a really strange world. And small stories happen to him, small adventures. And he's an anti-hero. Actually, he, and I think he was the first anti-hero I, I read. He was not good. He was a really bad guy. He was, and not bad, he just could take any advantage of any situation he would have, he would steal, he would drink, he would, I don't know, anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, all that was like, this is so weird, I don't get it. And like four or five years after that, I think I was like 15, 16 years old, I was able to get the comic for myself. And I read it again, I was like, oh, okay, this is what it meant, oh, okay. And the, the, the story is amazing, it's one of my favorite comic writers, which is uh, an Argentinian, Carlos Trillo. He was an amazing writer, and and the artist also Brecha uh, Junior, which is an amazing artist. So definitely is one of my uh, main big influences or things that made me fall more in love with comics. Definitely. Oh, that's awesome! And at what age were you when you came across this? Uh, it was like I think ten, eleven, right, for the first time. Yeah. Right, wow. And then um, just at school, were all your friends into comics or was it just you? Uh, no, no, not really. Not really. I mean, just, just the usual. You would sometimes you would have like a couple of Spider-Mans and stuff like that, but nobody like really like collecting stuff uh, with me and all that. No, 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 no. No, general, not on the no. same level. Wow. No. So you were basically on your own you know, in Peru. <laughs> yeah, um, li- little, That's amazing. yeah, little by little when I was in university and so I could get more and more friends that could get a bit more on that. But in general, no, you would have just comics. You have a, like a couple, but no more than that. Wow, man. That's incredible. And do you, do you know what it's like today in Peru in terms of comics? Is there, are there big comic cons there like Brazil or, or is it just kind of, you know, the same it's it's not a uh, well Brazil I think is the biggest one in the whole South America I'm not yeah. sure if even in Latin America but they're really huge uh, but things have changed a lot now you can follow issues now you can go to uh, it was really hard other than kiosks in the small places sometimes you could find a comic now you can go to basically any library especially in the main city which is lima yeah. and and find comics all the kind of comics you want also obviously you won't find everything not as much but it's it there's no there's no limit to that you can get most comics and, and so it's it's a lot easier things have changed a lot yeah man but that's amazing that you know you managed to kind of you know, you had this passion for it, and it just stuck. 
yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's cool, man. Uh, now, uh, the next question that crops up uh, is: What is the most underrated comic? Ah, uh, here I'm not completely sure if it's uh, something that it's. Uh, <sighs> Underrated, but at least not because many there's a lot of indie comics in general that I think are amazing, mm. but obviously they don't have the platform like big editors or big publishers can make you. Because for example, even if you if you like or you hate or you don't care about Spider-Man or Star Wars, you know about them. You know all about them. Even if you don't have no interest in any kind of everybody your grandma knows about avengers because there's no way to escape that yeah. in, in that way there's uh and i'm not saying they're not good what i'm saying is with a bigger platform you could find a lot more many other things so thinking mm-hmm. about that uh i really love the work of uh, i really have to thought <laughs> a bit about this because uh there's many names that came to mind, but the main, the, the, the first one that I, that was, that came, uh, easier was Nick Prolist's, um, Slam Pictorial, which is, yeah. it's, it's, it's an amazing, he's creating an amazing world. I, I, and I managed to, I managed to meet him the first time, but I didn't get his comics. But then I got his, uh, I think his number three or number four issue he already has. And he, you see, he's creating stories and you see like, you feel these are people. It's like he was telling the stories of persons he would know and not somebody that he created. Uh, And I I love that. And there's, there's a special warmth about his, the the work he's creating that I think it's, it's quite unique and, and, and quite beautiful in a way. He has, he has a very particular way of telling his, his story. And I think it's, it's really worth reading. It's, it's different. It's really original and it has, there's a lot of humanity on all, and on all the things you read about, uh, of, of he, he creates. Definitely, it's a it's a very rich world, um, yes, isn't it? And uh, just for the listeners, uh, what is slang pictorial about? Uh, it's basically telling the story of uh, many different characters. In the beginning, you think it's just one, but little by little, you you realize it's telling different stories about. Uh, I think it's it happens in London in the. Maybe the fifties, the sixties. Yeah, I think I think it's the sixties. Yeah, I think it's the sixties, and and working class and people with normal issues, normal problems. Uh, you also see uh, foreigners talking on, on on. I don't know. It, it's like you could go to to those places and you could look. Uh, observe people doing their normal stuff and then you could go to another place and observe th- those people doing their normal stuff. Many talking about, uh, you see a bit of crime, you see a bit of uh, difficulty. N- nobody has an easy, an easy life there, but at the same time, it's quite, I don't know, feels quite like, like, like family problems and family issues. Uh, I don't know. You, you feel that these people are pretty, pretty, normal in the way that they have difficulties and try to make the best out of what they can do with their lives absolutely um and uh, yeah if anybody hasn't checked out nick prolix's uh slang pictorial definitely go check it out um i'm sure yeah. just a, a, a quick google of slang pictorial uh will bring it up um and uh, yeah definitely check it out it's uh yeah. it's I, i'd agree that it's kind of it probably doesn't get as much uh, praise or promotion um, as it should yeah yeah for sure and and I think uh, he's going to be also on, in this yeah, true believers edition yeah yeah so if if you uh, take a look you will see and he's and he's a lovely guy yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's one of the persons I really look forward to seeing each time and he knows a lot he has a lot of information this is it's a really smart guy with a really big heart Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, now we come on to one of the most difficult questions, and that is for you: What is the best comic of all time? <laughs> that the thing is, uh, it depends on when you ask the question. Sometimes yeah. your, your your flavor might change. You know what? Now I'm more directed towards this, towards that. But if I really want to be honest, 
I can't help it. It's going to be Hellboy all over again. It's 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 it's, it's just too good. It's just too good. All the story he's created and. I remember I used to, I never read Hellboy until I was, I don't know, 20 something. And, and I, I, I used to like their graphics a lot until I found, I went to, ah, I went to Argentina when I was maybe 26, something like that for the first time, because you wouldn't find any Hellboy comic in Peru in that time. And, and I went to a, a big library and I found some Hellboy comics and it was like, wow. I thought it was only the visuals, but I wasn't expecting like a great storytelling from somebody, something that was kind of horror or fantasy. I don't know. I, 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 and I was completely wrong. The, the story and how it was, especially, uh, I managed to get a book of small stories and it was amazing. It blew my mind and little by little started following and trying to get all the things I could, I could get from him. And I realized he has telling the whole story little by little and it was just not, uh, one standalone adventures that didn't cross paths. He could cross paths absolutely all the time. That was really cool. That's awesome, man. Um, it's it, it's great that you've got that that connection to it, and um, it just it, it it bewilders me that you wouldn't have been able to have got it in Peru, and you had to kind of you know, <laughs> wait until your mid twenties in in Argentina to to get it. Uh, yeah, um, like I just couldn't couldn't imagine what what that's that's like um so that's but i get i kind of think that's that's somewhat a bit of a blessing in disguise <laughs> a little bit because because you can you can truly appreciate all of these creations yeah yeah i yeah, know for sure it, it's, it's something like oh i got this the guy something like it's feel like some discovery finally i found the treasure yeah. so, so even you can have an idea for example uh when i was uh, in the 90s, I could hear from some friends, I could uh, role play uh, Dungeons and Dragons, some me- comments about Lord of the Rings. I have no idea, and nobody knew what Lord of the Rings was until the movies came, and right. you couldn't even find the books. Uh, I remember when I was on my first year in university, there was this teacher, young teacher, and he was telling us, no, no, I'm really excited. I have the second book. I have a friend that in less than six months is traveling to Colombia. And he assured me he's going to bring me the third book. That hard it was sometimes to get wow. things. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like the, one, the one copy of the Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. has been published since the mid-50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just made it to Peru. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and now you, you find it absolutely everywhere. Things have changed yes. a lot, but it was it was that hard. There was, for example, one of my favorite science fiction authors, uh, William Gibson. I was really looking forward to his books, but I couldn't find it in the first time of uh, three, four years, like a couple of years before I went to Argentina for the first time, a cousin of mine went and they gave him some money. He brought me like three, four books of him because there was no way to get them and you couldn't buy them online. It couldn't work like that. So it was it was really like fighting your way up to, to be able to read and get things. That is incredible, man. That is incredible. <laughs> uh, now, with, with with all of that in mind and all of your comic choices in mind, uh, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Nah. <laughs> you know <the laughs> I wonder which one. <laughs> yeah, it's a new title called... Uh, it's, it's a, I think it would be the last trade of uh, Hellboy in Hell. The, the, yeah. the, the thing issues yeah it's 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 such a joy the story is such a joy the visuals are such a joy and Minola works in a way that he manages and has control so he can tell his colorist Dave Stewart how to 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 tell the story and to manage to the rhythm and when to put the really hard colors and when to go full gray again it's really like a symphony taking place so yeah definitely that one Definitely Hellboy. That's awesome, man. Um, and uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take in with you? Uh-huh. Uh, I was thinking really funny ways, but then I went to, because I was even thinking like, I don't know, like a, a piranha attached to my arm so I could bite people. <laughs> but I think I have to be a bit more practical, and I went to a, a, a Japanese or a katana. Nice. So the, that that works really neat. That's a good Definitely. one. Tried and tested. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to fail you, is it? 
No, no, no. And, and you won't run out of uh, shells or bullets or anything like that. You just keep on swinging and you will make your way through for sure. Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, <laughs> um, Gustavo Vargas, thank you so much for being in Comics for the Apocalypse today. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It was, it was really, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for thinking of me. Oh, it's quite all right, man. Um, and uh, for the listeners one more time, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, basically, just Google my name, which is Gustavo, G-U-S-T-A-F-F-O, um, Vargas, V-A-R-G-A-S. And you will find you will find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, I even have a... I, I sell my comics on, I have a big cartel shop, but in general, I think you will find me. I, the thing is, my name is Gustavo with a V, Gustavo, but it's not a, it's not a strange name in, in, in South America. And Vargas is a really common surname in South America, the same. So right. if you look, if you look that, you will find a lot of people, even a singer. I don't know. You, you won't, you will never find me. So I was trying to find a way to make my, myself a bit more unique. And so I went for the double F. And I don't think there's, I haven't found one. So I think that might be the only Gustavo. So that works fine for me. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> Excellent, dude. Uh, well, again, listeners, those those links from the show notes, so you can click straight through there. Um, and uh, you'll be able to uh, see Gustavo uh, and myself, uh, True Believers, on Saturday, the 1st of February in Cheltenham, uh, if you're around. So make sure you get your tickets at uh, OKTrueBelievers.com. Um, and other other than that, Gustavo, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you again, man. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here, definitely. It's going to be, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a, a really fun show and there's a lot of, I think there's going to be a comic for everybody because you will have a spread of so many different people and voices that I think it's going to be a, a really good day. Oh, 100%, man, 100%, always is. Yeah. yeah All right, dude. Yeah, uh, sure. Well, safe travels and uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, dude. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks again to Gustavo for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Gustavo's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.